0: You are listening to An Ounce. This is Season 2, Bonus Episode 1, Part 1 of a three part episode Personal Security, Preparedness, and Gun Ownership.
1: You are listening to An Ounce, a podcast providing inspiration, ideas, and wisdom through engaging stories, commentary, and interviews so you can live life better.
0: i'm jim fugate and it's my privilege to share an ounce with you this bonus episode is part one of a three-part series on improving personal security and preparedness these episodes are a recorded phone interview with mike faith of faith firearms and preparedness training located in western maryland in this first part we'll be talking about everything from light bulbs locks and security systems to attitude mindset and behavior The kinds of things anyone can and should do, short of making the serious commitment to acquiring the licensing, training, and hardware that will allow you to be a competent gun owner. Now, you have a constitutional right to own a firearm. That's a good thing. But there are other things, whether you own a firearm or not, that you should consider to improve personal and family security, safety, and preparedness. And that's what this first part of the episode is about. In Parts 2 and 3, we'll talk more about the decision-making process that might be in place as you choose to include a firearm in your life, and the legal liability, training, and other commitments you'll make as a competent and responsible gun owner. Here's Part 1 of the interview.
2: Hi, Jim Fugate here with an ALPS, and we've got an interview for you today with Mike Faith, Michael Faith, with Faith Firearms and Preparedness Training. Mike, glad to have you with us.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it. Um, how are you
2: I'm, doing? I'm doing great. I hope you are as well. We're excited about covering this subject with you, but I, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your business, about yourself. Just give us a brief introduction. If people
1: wanted to contact you, how would they do it? Stuff like that. Okay. Hey, actually, yeah, my name is Michael Faith. I am I currently live in the western part of Maryland. Then uh, I started a company last summer called Faith Firearms and Preparedness Training because I saw a need in our community and around the area for some real uh, thoughtful preparedness training for individuals, communities, civic organizations. Um, you know, I have a little different take on it than some in, in the community. You know, I've been a fire instructor since 2009. I know a lot of instructors and, and when people talk about being prepared or wanting to protect themselves, a lot of folks will just want to talk guns. And let's, let's get a gun in your hands as quickly as possible and get you trained. And, and I don't think that's always necessarily the first thing you should think about. So um, that's kind of what I do. I really. Um, employ kind of a consultative approach to addressing clients' needs, so mm-hmm. in a nutshell. And so just for being clear, you're comfortable with firearms as, as a preparedness
2: subject. You're happy to have people move in that direction, but you like to be
1: looking at a more holistic approach. Absolutely, because, you know, if you look at the – just look at the data. The chances if you have a firearm, the chances of you use, having to use a firearm to defend yourself are somewhere between slim and none. It uh, th- this doesn't happen that often, it's unlikely you'll ever have to use a gun to defend yourself. So if that's true and you're just playing the odds, then you probably want to look at some other factors, some, some things that might be more likely to happen, um, and then maybe spend more of your resources there. So, I mean, I'm have been a I'm an NRA training counselor, which means I can teach basic classes and instructor-level courses. So I've taught lots of folks, and I have lots of training. But even with all that training, I'm completely comfortable on, around firearms, and I'm happy to train people that way but I'm really more interested in providing a solution for them that really works.
2: So let's pretend I'm your customer and I okay. come to you and say, Mike, I, I'd really like to increase the security and preparedness in my life, in my home and for my family. What kinds of things do you think I should
1: consider? Okay. So you touched on a couple of them there. Um, you know, you, you decided now, you know, listen, I, I may be vulnerable or maybe it's just time for me to prepare. Um, you mentioned two different aspects there your home your family and they're also one other area there could be other factors that play into that so first of all in your home you know before you go out and spend a thousand dollars twelve hundred dollars eighteen hundred dollars whatever the whatever the money may be on a firearm ammunition training um, maybe you should i would suggest take a walk around your house do you have secure door lock door locks do you have secure window locks what about the lighting around your home do you have motion lights Is it well lit around your home um, do you have shrubs or bushes or obstructions in front of the windows that, 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 that disrupt a clear line of sight into the yard and surrounding the area? Just, just things like that. What kind of access do people have to sheds or outbuildings on the property? Are those things secured? You know, maybe the local person or criminal may only be interested in your stuff. And so he's just going to get into your garage and steal your chainsaw and some tools, but If you were to happen upon that person while he was committing that crime, you could find yourself in trouble. So securing all of those things in your home and your property, making it less attractive for for opportunities to maybe looking for a quick buck. Um, The second one is is your family. So depending on what your family situation is, you know, if it's just you and your wife, you're older, uh, if you still have young children in the home, if you have teenagers, perhaps an adult child living with you for whatever the circumstance may be, those, those kids can be taught at a young age for certainly firearm safety and also just being situationally aware. Um, that's the biggest um, thing you can teach your children and teach your family members, because in many states, uh, Maryland included, for example, in Maryland, you can't possess a handgun until you're 21 years of age. That's not even, that's completely out of the question until you're an adult. But what I would suggest is just teaching your children to be situationally aware. For example, my wife, myself, my wife. And my youngest son, he's 12 years old, we went to lunch yesterday. And he had a day off because it was a holiday, so no school that day. And we sat down in the restaurant, and we were seated by the waitress, so I didn't get my choice of seats necessarily. But we started a little quiz, okay, after we have our meal or our waiting, where are the exits? My wife picked out the exits, and I said, well, there's probably one in the kitchen as well. Because if you think about it, um, if you're working in the kitchen in the restaurant, having an exit from the kitchen to the parking lot would make sense in case you're taking trash out or whatever. Being situationally aware, noticing things going on around you, not having your face and your device constantly, and simple things like when you're in a restaurant, understanding where the exits are. So if something were to happen in the front of the store, front of the restaurant, you couldn't get out that way. Is there another way for you to get out? So those are some things that you can do, which I think are very important. You know, we have this uh, condition yellow we talk about in the industry. condition yellow, This condition yellow is relaxed, a state of relaxed awareness, which means you're not paranoid. You're not scared. You're just aware of what's going on around you. Below that will be condition white. Condition white is potential victim area. So people that are completely dis- disengaged from their surroundings will be considered condition white. And they, you know, Jim's walking down the street and he's got his head on swivel. He's just noticing things going on around him. And Mike's behind him, you know, 50 yards and I'm completely um, engaged in my device. I'm not watching where I'm going. Um, who's going to be more likely to be chosen to be a victim of a crime, because bearing in mind, most criminals aren't really interested in you, they're interested in your stuff. So if the guy can get a hold of me and grab my wallet and get out quickly before I realize what's going on, because I'm watching the video, um, he's going to take that opportunity. And then once you reach that point, looking at other factors, like perhaps you have a child who's disabled um, in some respect, what is your plan for that individual? Is there someone who's a steward over that individual? How, what happens in the event of an emergency? What can you do to help them be more prepared or more aware? So that kind of covers the three areas, home, family, and other factors that may or may not be involved.
2: Uh, that's, I think, a really helpful thing to consider, the concept of situational awareness, um, also looking at your home and your family and and determining, are there things that I can do here way short of purchasing a firearm, that will help me to be more secure and more prepared. Now, one of the things that I thought about for other factors was, let's suppose um, I was an independent businessman. I had a shop downtown, and I often brought the money back home with me and kept it in my home. What kinds of things can I do to make myself more safe? Should I reconsider even doing that? Or if for some reason circumstances are such that I have to do that, would that change how I might look at my home and my security
1: situation? It's a, it's a good question. And I suspect there are a lot of folks out there, a lot of listeners that are gonna have a similar question. They're in the same set of circumstances. So if you're leaving a place of business at odd hours, you have you have valuables, you're transporting valuables, cash, things like that, you know, honestly if you could get to the bank that might be the best avenue, but maybe that's just not an option. Maybe the bank um, it's not as well lit as my driveway. Maybe the bank is a little much further drive. Maybe the weather conditions permit you, don't permit you from going that route. Could be a traffic situation. So um, I think going home is all right. That's fine. What you want to look for in situations like that is is if you, you, you want to avoid routine. You want to avoid a situation where someone is able to predict what you're doing next because they've watched you for a few days. Okay. So I would recommend if you're going to do that, not leaving at the same time, maybe traveling a different route, you know, and being situationally aware as you're traveling. Most of these things are going to happen when you're getting, trying to get to your car or trying to get out of your car, okay, when you're vulnerable. They're not going to run you off the road um, and then get you out of the vehicle. That's not very likely. So, so what can you do in the first 10 or 20 feet as you're trying to get to your vehicle? And what can you do to help make yourself some more secure as you're getting out of your vehicle and approaching the door or the bank deposit box or whatever? You know, one, one thing we do at my church, which you're probably familiar with, is when one of us takes the bank deposit um, to the bank on Sunday after the tithing and all the donations have been counted, we always have someone else with us falling behind to verify that we're safe and everything's good. So perhaps you can have somebody there, um, somebody with you or Even just letting your significant other know, hey, I'm going to be home in about 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. I try to make a habit of telling my wife when I'm leaving and when I expect to be home. So we're kind of all on the same page. I think avoiding routine, though, is really key. That's
2: excellent. Now, would security systems or surveillance systems, maybe a ring uh, doorbell that has that video capability or something like that, be an additional level of security or would that be something that might be considered, again, short of deciding to purchase a firearm and have that as, as your mainstay
1: for security? Yeah, it's actually an excellent idea because these home security systems have the technology is phenomenal now. It's getting better and better. Plus, the cost has come way down. So there's lots of systems you can get that are very affordable. Um, they're wireless. You can install the cameras in different locations. You can move them. and They have tremendous technology. So Um, the footage, the stuff, the images that are recorded or uploaded to the cloud, so they're safe there, and plus the alerts you on your smartphone when somebody's at your front door. I mean, these are all terrific little things that you can have around the house. Now, you know, just a word of caution, my dad had a system like this at his home, and the bees decided to make a bees nest right by one of the cameras. Well, the bees flying by were enough to trip that camera, you know, every 25 seconds, so, and he couldn't really do anything about it until they decided to move on, but um, that's an excellent um, way. If you have some external monitoring, I think that makes it very valuable. So, you know, alerting an alarm company or sending a message to the husband's cell phone, the wife's cell phone, that this is going on. I think, um, you know, that that makes it even more valuable. Yeah. Well, isn't that funny? Technology makes our life easier and better until it doesn't.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Again, Mike, with, Faith, firearms and preparedness training if somebody wanted to give you a phone call
1: or send you a note, an email or something to ask you a question, how would they contact you, Mike? Thanks, Jim. The, um, you can reach me via my website. It's www.firearm.firearmtraining.net and its email is very simple. It's just mike at firearmtraining.net
2: Okay. Mike at firearmtraining.net
0: That concludes the first segment of our three-part episode on personal security preparedness and gun ownership, an interview with Mike Faith of Faith Firearms and Preparedness Training. So check out parts two and three of this bonus episode one of Announce. I'm Jim Fugate, and I'll catch you next time.
1: That's an ounce for now. Thanks for listening and subscribing to this podcast. Listen again for more information, ideas, and wisdom, an ounce at a time.